0: So in order to be used by a plant, an essential nutrient has to be broken down into its basic form. A plant can't use organic compounds like what's in manure or compost or leaf litter or animal carcasses even um, until they're broken down into their elemental forms. Hello, my gardening friends, and welcome back to the Just Grow Something podcast. This Garden Talk Tuesday, we are talking about plant nutrients. What are they? What do they do? Which ones should we be most concerned with? And why is it important to know these things? So good plant growth is directly correlated to good plant nutrition. Okay, that makes sense. Good nutrition for us is directly correlated to our good growth. So the same thing goes for our plants. The efficiency with which a plant uses the nutrients in the soil varies, and that varies greatly according to the composition of your soil, your water availability, uh, the soil temperatures, and so much more than that. But it is important to know how the most essential nutrients work so you can choose soil amendments and fertilizers if necessary that will most benefit what you're growing. Different types of plants use the nutrients differently, and plants will use these different nutrients more or less during each stage of growth. So, knowing which nutrients your plant relies on most and which stages of growth are most demanding will help you get the most out of your garden without negatively affecting the plants or the soil. Because just like it's possible to be lacking in nutrients, it is also possible to have too much of a good thing and that can damage your soil. So let's talk about these essential nutrients. Scientists have identified 16 essential plant nutrients and have grouped them according to the relative amount of each that plants need. So the first group the, of primary nutrients, also known as macronutrients, um, are those that are usually required in the largest amounts, right? These are the primary nutrients. They are carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen, nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. And those last three are probably the ones that you have heard of the most and the ones that um, most fertilizers focus on. The secondary nutrients are those usually needed in more moderate amounts compared to the primary nutrients. The secondary nutrients are calcium, magnesium, and sulfur. And even though the plants use them or need less of them compared to the primary nutrients, they're actually pretty essential for the plant's ability to be able to take up those primary nutrients. So they are just about as important as those big, uh, those first six. And then there are micro or trace nutrients that are required in pretty tiny amounts compared to the primary or the secondary nutrients. The micronutrients are boron, chlorine, copper, iron, manganese, molybdenum, and zinc. And there's actually some debate about zinc as to whether or not it is needed more for plants than we originally thought, and if it should be put into that secondary nutrient category. But for the purposes of this podcast, we're just going to go ahead and leave zinc in the micronutrient category. And there are also some lesser trace nutrients that are needed by only certain plants. Um, Those are cobalt, nickel, silicon sodium and vanadium but since this is not a chemistry class we're going to focus on the primary nutrients and the secondary nutrients because in most instances it's these nutrients that are going to most greatly affect your plant growth and your crop yield and they're actually the ones that you can control the most in your soil as well so let's start with the primary nutrients, right? Carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen. Okay, those, those three are sort of the, the basics of all life on Earth. Um, and so, you know, it's, it, it's no surprise that plants require these in order to be able to grow, and they are the primary. Um, Instead of taking in oxygen and breathing out carbon dioxide like we do, plants do the opposite. They take in carbon dioxide from the atmosphere. That's how they get their carbon. And at the same time, they're absorbing water from the ground up through their roots. So during photosynthesis, the plants use the energy from the sun to split the water molecules into hydrogen and oxygen. So then it releases the excess oxygen back out into the atmosphere and creates carbohydrates from the remaining elements to use as energy. So that's how the plants pull their carbon, their hydrogen, and their oxygen. It's also the really good reason why you should have uh, houseplants. They help to scrub the air. That's, you know, they're pulling in the carbon dioxide and all the other stuff that's in the air and turning around and giving you fresh oxygen to breathe. It's a it's a good thing to have plants in your space. So while absorbing water from the ground, the plants are also absorbing the other macronutrients, nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium, right? That's NPK that you see on fertilizer or amendment packages. Those are those big three numbers that you see. Um, when you're looking at fertilizers. So nitrogen helps foliage by affecting the plant's leaf development. It's also responsible for giving plants their green coloring by helping with chlorophyll production. Nitrogen is vital for good stock growth, but excess nitrogen can actually decrease a plant's immunity and uh, negatively impact its ability to fruit. So there are plants that like extra nitrogen. They're they're heavier nitrogen feeders, right? Those include tomatoes and peppers in the beginning stages, Uh, any type of leafy green, sweet corn, cantaloupe and cucumbers, squash, and okra. Uh, And we'll also put the brassicas in that category as well. Now, phosphorus is responsible for assisting with the growth of roots and flowers, Uh, Phosphorus also helps plants withstand environmental stress and can help perennials withstand really harsh winters. Uh, Phosphorus strengthens the root systems and is responsible for a plant's capacity for creating seeds. It also helps with disease resistance and pest prevention. So phosphorus is what improves the flowers and and helps with blooming and fruit production. So it also strengthens the tissues and enhances the flavor in most vegetables too. So phosphorus is what we're looking at when we're talking about our flowering and our fruiting. Potassium also strengthens the plants, contributes to early growth, and helps the plants to retain water. It also affects the plant's disease and insect suppression capabilities and is important for root growth and for seed production. You sometimes hear potassium called potash or potash, uh, which is exactly what it sounds like. Potash as in like your wood ash from your fireplace or from pots um, were dumped into the soil. Uh, That was uh, the main form of adding potassium into soils. and of course, along with that, excess potassium will prevent the absorption of other minerals, particularly magnesium and calcium. So if you were tossing too much of that potash into your soils, uh, you would actually see some adverse effects on your plants, just like any other nutrient. So you can sort of know, based on the plant's growth stage, whether or not it needs specific nutrients, right? So, you know, for young growth, nitrogen is especially helpful, even though, you know, you really want to have sort of a balanced level of all the nutrients um, at the young growth stage. Um, But, you know, for any leafy growth, strong leafy growth, you want a little bit of excess nitrogen going on. Um, If it's a newly transplanted plant, it will benefit especially from higher amounts of those root-supporting nutrients, phosphorus and potassium. Um, same thing with when it's time for blooming, uh, blossoming benefits from phosphorus, potassium, and calcium. And then when it's time for the plant to fruit, it's also important to have those good amounts of phosphorus and potassium, but you do not want to overdo it with the nitrogen during this time, because that is what can actually reduce the fruiting. So that's why it's important to know what each nutrient does and not blanketly be out there fertilizing your plants because you may actually be doing more harm than good. Let's touch a little bit on the secondary nutrients. Uh, Magnesium helps increase the intake of phosphorus and it boosts production of chlorophyll, giving a healthy green color um, to the plants and encouraging absorption of the CO2. So it basically helps the plant breathe. Um, A lack of magnesium can sometimes contribute to plants having this sort of like anemic look to them, just kind of look like they're sickly and sort of pale. Um, Sulfur helps plants resist disease um, as well as contributing to their plant growth and the formation of seeds. You can see how these things are all sort of working together. Uh, Sulfur also aids in the production of amino acids and proteins and enzymes and vitamins. Um, So it's an important secondary nutrient. And then there's calcium. Calcium aids in the growth and the development of cell walls. Uh, This is really important because well-developed cell walls help a plant to fight off disease. Calcium is also really necessary for metabolism in the plant and helps with the uptake of nitrogen. It can also neutralize acidity acidity <laughs> both within the plant and its surrounding soil. So if you have a really acidic soil, um, the calcium will actually help to neutralize that. Unfortunately, calcium is also one of the least mobile nutrients in the soil. And so if you've grown fruits, specifically tomatoes and squashes, you will see this problem where you have the onset of this brown rot that happens at the tip of the fruit. It's called blossom end rot. And anytime you see that, people automatically yell, oh, oh, you know, you don't have enough calcium. The plant doesn't have enough calcium. Well, that is true but it may not necessarily be that there's not enough calcium in the soil. You may have plenty of calcium in the soil, but there may be something within the soil that is locking that calcium up and not allowing it to get to the plant. It is one of the most least mobile nutrients in the soil. So it's important to have all of your other macro and secondary nutrients in balance and the proper uh, levels of water to help calcium um, be able to move into the plant to prevent those problems. You've heard me talk before about First Saturday Lime, the environmentally friendly alternative to pesticides that we use on our farm. We use it everywhere, in the gardens, in the chicken coops, in the pig pastures, and around the outside of our home. Traditional hydrated lime can be dangerous to work with, but First Saturday Lime created a non-caustic formula that is tough on bugs, but totally safe for humans and pets. Now, as a listener of the Just Grow Something podcast, First Saturday Lime can be your favorite natural pest control too. You can save 10% off your first order by using the code JUSTGROW at checkout at firstsaturdaylime.com. It's a super strong formula derived from eco-friendly products. It's safe for us. It's safe for the animals. And it's so effective. I have a 20-pound bag delivered every month to use it on the first Saturday. Get it? (laughs) Good. Now get it. Go to FirstSaturdayLime.com and use code JUSTGROW for 10% off your first order. So in order to be used by a plant, an essential nutrient has to be broken down into its basic form. A plant can't use organic compounds like what's in manure or compost or leaf litter or animal carcasses even um, until they're broken down into their elemental forms. With the exception of carbon, which like we talked about is taken in through the leaf pores. Plants take in almost all of their essential nutrients through their roots. And there are a couple of different types of organisms living in the soil that help the roots take up these nutrients. So the first one, microorganisms or microbes, these are the ones that are responsible for breaking down organic compounds into inorganic compounds uh, during a process called mineralization. So essentially, they are taking the bigger components, they are breaking them down into their smallest components and making those components available. When we talk about bioavailability, that's what we're referring to, um, available to the plants for them to be able to absorb through their roots. Um, The second of these organisms are fungi. Uh, they can help some plants take up nutrients, specifically phosphorus, um, by increasing the size of the roots and providing more soil-to-root contact. I was asked in one of my college classes, what's your favorite organism? And I said, mycorrhizal fungi. And they thought I was really weird, but um, it is it is a fascinating um, little organism and they attach themselves to the roots of these plants and essentially expanding the roots reach into the soil almost like a, a, a spider web but larger than what the roots would have been able to reach on their own and so they're extending out and they're helping to take up additional nutrients that the plant roots wouldn't have otherwise been able to reach and in return these um, organisms are being fed some of the starches and carbohydrates off of the plant roots. So it's a very symbiotic relationship. They're really cool. You've probably seen them sometimes. If you have a healthy soil and you pull up the roots of the plant, you'll see this sort of white... Um, it, it really does sort of look like a thick spider web just kind of coming off of, uh, of the roots like little micro hairs. Um, they're really cool. And so yes, they, they help provide more soil to root contact and they, they help the plants take up those nutrients. So if the soil is void of these microbes and these fungi and all these microorganisms, the plant can't get these nutrients naturally from the soil that goes back to the importance of soil health. And, you know, I'll do a whole episode on soil health, but it's, it's really important, um, for there to be that biodiversity in the soil. Um, conversely, if there isn't enough organic matter to break down, the nutrients just won't be there. So you may have the microbes, but if there's no organic matter, there's nothing for them to break down. And then you still won't have anything to feed the plants. So, again, looking at the importance of soil health, making sure that there's enough of that organic matter in your soil. Um, That's when we end up needing to use fertilizers. So, any fertilizer that you buy is going to have a set balance of these essential nutrients built right in, particularly nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium, right? So, that's the NPK. That's that ratio on the packaging um, that's made up. Of those three numbers that you see. Um, Those three minerals make up pretty much the most important macronutrients that most species and varieties in your garden are going to need and a lot of them are also going to include a balanced ratio of the micronutrients as well knowing that they all play a role in working together for the health of the plant. So you can get different blends Um, of fertilizer, right? Um, Plant foods and fertilizers that have a a balanced blend are going to have all three identical numbers. So you'll see like a 10, 10, 10, right? So this indicates that that fertilizer contains 10% each. A balanced fertilizer like that, a 10, 10, 10, or it can be any number of those, you know, 6, 6, 6, 10, 20, 20, 20, 20, whatever, um, is, is basically for just general nutrition. Um, and they may contain some secondary nutrients for proper absorption, but that is your all-purpose generalized fertilizer. Other common kinds of blends may have a tend, uh, tend to have a higher ratio of nitrogen compared to the rest. So your very first number is going to be higher, say like a 26.6. So that's going to be for those plants that typically need more nitrogen than other nutrients or a situation where the soil was depleted of nitrogen to begin with, such as following a, a heavy nitrogen feeder plant um, and depleting that soil a little bit. Maybe you need a little bit more nitrogen added back in for the next round of plants. Um, another example of, a, of another blend would be one that's good for rooting and post transplanting care so that would be higher in the phosphorus and the potassium numbers so say a 62020 right higher p higher k in the npk and then so if we're going for one where you want good flowering you're looking for one where the middle number is higher say a 626 with higher quantities of phosphorus to support and protect flower development um, there are natural versions of all of these types of blends of fertilizer. You do not have to rely on synthetics. Um, if you haven't figured it out by now, I'm, I'm not a proponent of um, synthetic fertilizers, uh, chemical type uh, amendments in the soil, if you can avoid it. Um, there are natural versions of these things, and there're, you know the the components are derived from fish emulsion or bone meal, blood meal, manure, uh, any number of of items. And they're professional blends. they're tested for their level of each nutrient. So you can, you know, rely on what those numbers mean. And you can start with, say, a general purpose fertilizer, one of those 10-10-10s, and then if you know that you are growing certain things in your garden that maybe are going to need a boost of that nitrogen at the beginning, um, then you can buy an additional amendment that... Is specifically nitrogen. So, for example, the feather meal that we use in the brassicas—it's a slow-release nitrogen, and it's going to show you still on that bag the percentage of nitrogen that is in that bag. So, it may be a fifty-pound bag, uh, and the number on there may be, you know, a thirty-zero-zero. That means that thirty percent of what is in that fifty-pound bag is nitrogen. Um, and you know, you just have to research whether or not it's an, it's sort of an instant release, a quick release, or if it's a slow release and know how to use it and, you know, side dress it and don't swap the way that you, the order in which you put them in, like I did with the brassicas, if you listen to my mistakes in the garden episode. (laughs) Um, but you know, knowing what the plant needs is is really important for that. So yes, you can just use a general purpose fertilizer if you if you you know have done a soil test and you realize that things are a little bit on the low end, um, or you can start with a general purpose. And if, if you especially if you're growing a wide variety of, of vegetables in your garden, start with that general purpose version, and then you can get something that is mostly nitrogen or mostly phosphorus or whatever for the special needs of some of your plants. So what would some of those special needs be? Well, let's say um, garlic. Garlic benefits from both phosphorus and potassium for good bulb and root formation. Um, Lettuces and other leafy greens, those like uh, a good level of nitrogen and magnesium for those healthy sort of attractive greens. Remember, the magnesium helps with that photosynthesis. Um, If you're growing flowers in your garden, I mean, you know, phosphorus, um, little boosts of phosphorus helps with stronger and healthier um, flowers and blooms. Um, If you're growing carrots, roots are stronger and tastier with adequate phosphorus and potassium. Squashes, uh, phosphorus Calcium and potassium, right? So that, that protects against flower failure and it promotes healthy fruiting. And that calcium, again, is going to prevent the blossom end rot. And so and then we could talk, talk about tomatoes. Everybody always talks about, oh, tomatoes need nitrogen, nitrogen, nitrogen. Y- yes, they do. But you need to know when they need the nitrogen. So tomatoes need nitrogen for their strong initial vine growth. But then, you know, once you've got that plant to size and it's time for it to start flowering and fruiting, then you want to move over to a good amount of phosphorus for the good blooms and potassium and calcium for strong, healthy fruits, which is why you times will often see, you know, in the, the, they will classify, um, in the garden center, these, Fertilizers that are specific to, you know, vegetables, or it'll say tomatoes and vegetables, or it'll say, you know, flowers and fruits or whatever. They're trying to take the guesswork out of it for you. Um, But again, if you're, you know, the typical gardener, you're not just growing one or two different things in your garden, you're growing a variety of things. So knowing what those things need at different stages. Um, is helpful. Now, it doesn't have to be complicated. You can just use a general purpose fertilizer um, and you should be fine. You know, your, your plants are going to do just fine because they're getting the most out of those, uh, those nutrients, as long as you're not over fertilizing. Because again, too much of something is going to prevent the other somethings from being able to do their job. And it's, that's why it's always, always, always important to do a soil test Typically, you want to do it in the fall before you plan your spring garden. But doing it in the spring um, is a good time to do it too. Just know that if you're you're doing a home test for your soil test, it's going to show you usually those four things: nitrogen, potassium, and phosphorus, and then it's also going to tell you what your pH is. Um, but If you're taking that test in the early spring when the soils are still cool, be aware that nitrogen availability is affected by the amount of moisture that's in the soil and the soil temperature. So don't go by that nitrogen reading as gospel and immediately start throwing a bunch of of nitrogen into your soil um, before the temperatures have warmed up. Focus on the levels of the phosphorus and the potassium. And if those are low, then use a balanced fertilizer um, so that you know that while you're adding the phosphorus and the potassium, you're also adding a level amount of nitrogen and you're not overdoing it. Um, And in reality, you know, the hope would be that you can manage your soils enough to where you're not going to have a need for adding any of these fertilizers into your garden. There's not much better than looking out first thing on a sunny morning, gazing at my garden beds over a hot cup of coffee. As U.S. Marines, my husband and I drank a lot of coffee. As farmers, let's just say we should probably drink more water. The coffee we drink these days still has a military tie. We have freshly roasted coffee shipped to us every few weeks from Black Rifle Coffee Company. Black Rifle is a veteran-owned business, just like ours, but they serve up premium coffee and ship it around the world. When you join their coffee club, your chosen brew is roasted, packaged, and shipped free to your door on whatever schedule you choose. And with every purchase, they're giving back to military veterans and active duty, law enforcement, and first responders. Ready to check them out? Go to justgrowsomethingpodcast.com coffee to save 20% when you join the Black Rifle Coffee Club. No commitments. Cancel anytime. time. That's justgrowsomethingpodcast.com slash coffee for 20% off your coffee club subscription. So if you're amending your soil each season, um, you may not have to worry too much about having fertility issues. There is a difference between an amendment and a fertilizer. So when we talk about fertilizer, we're talking specifically about adding those nutrients um, into the the area where the plant is growing. An amendment um, could be something like compost or mulch or worm castings, um, that wood ash, lime, gypsum, anything that hasn't been measured as far as its nutrient level is concerned. Um, but they're natural additions that will likely enhance nutrient use and availability. Again, <laughs> soil testing is key. You know, it's it's great to add compost to your soil because you're adding organic matter for those microbes to be eating, which is going to turn around and make those nutrients available to the plants. Um, But just constantly adding, okay, I'm going to add this compost. I'm going to add these wood castings or these worm castings. I'm going to dump this wood ash um, and I'm going to add a little bit of lime and gypsum without really knowing what you've already got um, is detrimental if, if nothing else. It takes a little bit of experience to sort of learn what the texture of your soil should look like, what it should feel like, what it should smell like. Healthy soil has a good smell to it. Um, so until you get to that point, you know, take advantage of the resources that you can find, whether it's testing the soil or looking online to say, okay, what does a healthy soil look like? Maybe even going to your local botanical garden um, and and looking at what their soils look like to get an idea of okay, maybe it, because it is possible to add too much compost. It is possible to put too much wood ash um, into your garden. It seems like it's well, it's a natural addition. It should be fine, but it can throw things completely out of balance. So everything in moderation soil testing is key. So um, an indication that you may need to use some fertilizer and then start amending your soil. Um, There are symptoms that include, you know, little or no growth in your plants, um, dead tissue at the leaf tips or leaf, you know, yellowing edges um, along the edges of the leaves or within the leaves in between the veins. There are a lot of things that are Um, indicators of a nutrient deficiency. But unfortunately, many of these things can also be signs of disease, insect pressure, herbicide damage, compacted soil, um, wide fluctuations in soil moisture levels you know, if you see some of these things, it may be an indication that you have some nutrient deficiencies, but don't, don't swear by this. Um, Pay attention to, you know, your notes and remember what did you have planted there prior to this that may have caused maybe a nutrient deficiency or could maybe have passed some disease of some sort into the soil. It's 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 this is another reason why it's really good to take notes every single year in some sort of a garden journal to remember what was planted where, what signs and symptoms you saw of of different things um, in order to be able to keep track of all of this because it really is difficult to remember from year to year. Um, so some symptoms that you you may notice If you have yellowed leaves um, on the old growth on your plant, so you've got the larger, older leaves, we call that old growth, you know, and then you have the younger baby leaves, those are the new growth. So if you have yellowed old growth leaves, this could indicate a nitrogen deficiency. Um, If the edges, just the edges of those leaves on those old growth leaves are yellow, um, it could indicate a magnesium deficiency. If the, uh, if the new leaves are coming in sort of warped or misshapen, um, that could indicate a calcium deficiency. And then if your leaves are purple or reddish, a lot of the time that is a lack of phosphorus. And you can see that usually pretty readily on tomato plants. You will see this sort of purple tinge that starts to happen when there's a lack of phosphorus. Um, if you're seeing deformed fruits... That's typically due to a lack of potassium, although an excess of nitrogen can also be a cause of this, and it's usually a double whammy of both. Um, and then blossom end rot that we talked about with uh, tomatoes and in squashes, that is generally from a lack of calcium. But again, it may not necessarily be a lack of calcium in the soil. It may just be a lack of calcium mobility. Um, if, uh, if the plants aren't flowering, if you have a lot of beautiful bushy green growth but no flowers or the flowers are dropping, um, that can point to a lack of phosphorus or a combination of not enough phosphorus and too much nitrogen. And then if you've got that sort of anemic look um, to the foliage, just a light green rather than the dark green that it should be, that would be a nitrogen deficiency. Then if you get that burnt leaf tip appearance, um, that can, can be a number of things. Um, if it's, you know, you could either be a depletion of the phosphorus or it could be Uh, like we experienced with the brassicas, a a nitrogen burn. It was too much nitrogen, too much all at once. Um, So, you know, again, it pays to keep track of what you've been doing um, or what you did the previous season um, to point to which one that would be. Um, You can also get abnormally dark green old foliage. So on the older leaves, get them really, really dark. Um, Another sign of not enough phosphorus. Um, And then two more um, indications of potassium deficiency would be a really dark black or scorched leaf appearance or the old growth on the plant just sort of wilting for for no obvious reason. That would be deficiencies in potassium. But again, keep in mind, a lot of these things can also be signs of um, disease um, or, you know, if if the moisture levels haven't been consistent, if you've been really, really dry for a while and then suddenly you get a lot of water or vice versa, you know, too much water um, can cause a lot of these weird symptoms too. It's not just the nutrients. So, um, I think the biggest thing to to remember is utilizing fertilizers um, needs to be done responsibly. You know, regardless of whether you're using a synthetic version or an organic version, plants can only take up what they can use at that time. The rest of those nutrients are going to remain in the soil. If it's a natural amendment that sort of is worked into the soil and is part of the uh, the organic matter, that's one thing. But if it's an addition that you have made, whether it's an organic source or a synthetic source, the rest of it's going to sit there in the soil and then it's going to wash out of the soil with um, any heavy rain or irrigation. And that's when we start seeing problems with nitrates and phosphates contributing to runoff and ecological damage. Um, you know, of course, this is a much bigger issue when it comes to large farms, large operations. However, it's not to say that home gardeners um, shouldn't be responsible and, you know, aren't capable of impacting um, your local watersheds by um, using too much in the way of fertilizers. So, don't use fertilizers as sort of a blanket cure-all. Use them responsibly. Um, You're going to get a much better yield and a better result out of your plants if you can thoughtfully use them by knowing what nutrients are best used when and for what type of plant growth and to watch the signs um, to and the, the symptoms um, to indicate uh, may, when it may be time to feed those plants. So uh, that's it for all the, uh, the Garden Talk Tuesday on plant nutrients. And I hope that wasn't too much for you to absorb all at once. I tried not to get too technical, but it is a lot of information. Um, so You've got one more week to submit your questions for our next Can You Dig It? episode. So you can use the link in the show notes to leave me a voicemail. You can send me an email to grow at justgrowsomethingpodcast.com or you can use the contact page. Um, or the contact form on the website, justgrowsomethingpodcast.com. I've already got a couple of good articles lined up to share with you for that Can You Dig It episode. Um, I'd also appreciate any feedback you can give me. Rate and review me on uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you listen to your podcast. And uh, go give us a follow over on uh, Instagram on the Just Grow Something Podcast IG page. So, and then you can also share your favorite episodes with your friends to help spread the word. Um, that there's uh, some good information out here for beginning gardeners. And I hope that this is helping you uh, immensely. And, you know, let me know if there's any topics that you want me to cover. Otherwise, I'm just kind of flailing around out here trying to figure out what everybody needs to know. So, (laughs) and there's a lot of good gardening information to share. So thanks for coming uh, along and listening this week. And uh, until we talk next time, keep on cultivating your dream garden, my gardening friends, and I will talk to you again on Friday. you just finished another episode of the Just Grow Something podcast. I hope these episodes are helping you understand more about how to grow your own food and maybe growing an awareness of food issues in general. Just remember, no matter where you live or what you have, you can absolutely grow something.